You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Stage Door Podcast. The podcast celebrating theatre and creativity from on-stage mishaps to career-defining moments. Hosted by thespians myself, Tori, and co-host Eliza. Fortnightly, we will bring you industry professional guests, deep dives, and more. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Stage Door Podcast. Today, we are joined by the insanely talented Caitlin Koprovec who is current cast member of the new Australian musical, The Deb. Before we get started, we would like to acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation and the Tabal people of Ugera, the traditional custodians of this land on which we work, live and record, and recognise their continuing connection to land, water and community. We pay respects to elders past, present and emerging. Caitlin is a graduate of the Australian Institute of Music with a Bachelor of Music Theatre. Since graduating, she has performed in Little Triangle's acclaimed season in the role of Stephanie in Nine, Kate in The Wild Party, Nurse slash Betty in Sunday in the Park with George, and Terry in Merrily We Roll Along, as well as being cast in Squabologic Independent Music Theatre Mystery Musical, The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. She was a finalist in the 2019 Sydney Cabaret Competition at the Sydney Cabaret Festival and received a honourable mention for her performance in The Other Einstein. Caitlin was to premiere her one-woman show, The Other Einstein, at the Hayes Theatre Company as a part of their 2020 and 2021 seasons, but it was postponed due to COVID-19. In 2020, she was cast as Cora in The Little Triangles Anyone Can Whistle to play at the Seymour Centre before closures. She was also seen in Starkeeper Productions' Meet Me in St. Louis as Anna Smith at the New Theatre. Currently, Caitlin is making her professional debut in The Deb, a new Australian musical written and conceived by comedian Hannah Riley and original music by multi-aria award-winning Megan Washington at the brand new Rebel Theatre with the Australian Theatre for young people, otherwise known as ATYP. But please, welcome to the mic, Caitlin. That was wild. (laughs) Hello. Hello, everybody. Hello. Oh my gosh. That is so bizarre hearing that from two like extraordinary people, but also just like out loud. It's bizarre, but (laughs) she's here. (laughs) It is a strange thing to like talk about someone's career like in front of them you're like yeah you've done this and this and this and this yeah I guess it's that tall poppy syndrome you know a hundred percent yeah yeah somehow we fit them in it was really it was a good time it was bringing back memories actually we got all of it in yeah gone through all of them well actually for some for some people at home we've actually been friends with Caitlin for a quite a while um we d- both did a show we all did a show together at one point which was pretty fun yes yes <laughs> almost forgot about it god god what was it 2019 yeah it was like i, I think, think it was so. my final show before covid yeah yeah 
I think that was like my yeah, yeah second last one. That's yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah. I know this time flies with COVID, right? Insane. <laughs> but obviously, how how I mean, how are you? You have just come off of Tech Week, and my gosh, this comes out literally. We're filming this very speedy uh, before it releases this Thursday. When do you guys officially open? So we had um, one preview yesterday. So you had like tech week and then we had a preview um, to finish off the week, which, you know, (laughs) cherry on top of a big cake. (laughs) And then um, we actually have a week off now, which is unheard of for Easter because of the public holidays. that's crazy. A week Uh, off. Yes, Easter. Yeah, it's luxury right now. Everyone's like, wow, you get to just like rewind like just wind down after all of the craziness and then we go into like some more previews and we officially open on we actually have like a festival of openings um because the theater is not like an a thousand seat theater we have a few different opening nights for different people but our official opening night is the 22nd of april so yeah. Oh my god. Pretty soon. Pretty soon. That's, that's about two yeah. weeks. No, that's yeah. about a week after this episode comes out. Yeah, literally, literally. That's crazy. So yeah, we literally were off stage last night and it was amazing. We had a standing O for our first performance, which was kind of bonkers. Yay! Yeah, it was so yes. great. Yeah, having a good time. I'm so excited to come and see it. It's like, it's also just so lovely seeing new Australian not only new Australian work, but new Australian musicals. It's not a common occurrence. Um, and it's also really nice that it's not about, um, like, this is going to sound really mean. I don't mean it in a weird way. It's just nice seeing something original. <laughs> it's nice that it's not about, like, the gold rush kind of era, or it's not about a war. <laughs> it's just about people. Um, totally. Some, I don't know why, but Australian musicals don't, don't tend to, other than, like, Muriel... Um, and Alice, if you didn't see it, um, but this is just about people, not, not about, not about 1920s Australia. Yeah. It's so refreshing because it's just highlighting a regular country town, um, who are going through regular problems like drought and, um, it's like very, it's just about community and it's very, um, I think it will hit in certain ways that I don't even realize. I don't even think the writers realize that it's going to hit now in this current literal climate uh, disaster that we're kind of having. So, and then you just have like regular teenage girls at the center, two female leads. Yeah. It's just, it's so cool to be a part of because they're both so different, but it just highlights young people's stories, which we don't get to hear a lot about. If ever, I don't really know another work like it. So it's um, it's a very humbling experience, actually. Well, before we talk about the Deb, because we will be absolutely diving in to all things the Deb today, because why not? why not? We must. But for those at home, how did you find your love for musical theatre? How did you get involved with it? Um, did you always grow up with it? Or did someone kind of inspire you to get into musical theatre? Um, yeah, that's a like multi-layered question because I think um, I would probably say I'm a late bloomer. I didn't do it 
any musicals until I was 16. Um, but I grew up like dancing and, you know, your mum, you know, takes you to like your dance class. And she noticed that like, I just liked singing the songs. So I got a Hilary Duff album, (laughs) um, and for Christmas, and I think I was turning seven and, um, she realized I was like singing with Hillary, like on pitch. And she was like, oh, there might be something in this. <laughs> so she like enrolled me in singing lessons. <laughs> she enrolled me in singing. And then um, like it was a big Stedford culture because I grew up in Wollongong. And if you went to a singing school, you entered an Stedford. Like that was the bee's knees. We would do like 10 songs in your year, in your season. Okay. Because they'd be like four back-to-back Stedfords and you do them and you'd you do the same song everywhere and everyone would like slowly get better. Hilarious. And um, my favorite section was musical theater, but I had never been in a musical. And like, I do like Disney musicals, you know, or like Hairspray. Like that oh, was yeah. the extent of it. Um, and my auntie was actually an actor. Not that I was old enough to kind of realize what that meant, but I think she really influenced me because she like moved to Melbourne, went to VCA did all this stuff and I was like, I don't understand what this is. Anyway, you know, you grow up and you're like, music, can't make any money out of that. Literally, what I used to say to people, poor darling, 17, mm-hmm. you know, she's young, she's still learning. <laughs> and um, I went overseas for a gap year. I was actually going to do Bachelor of Science and Optometry at UNSW. Oh my God. Absolutely get out. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Like my work experience was with my ophthalmologist. Like, are you serious? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Kopovec. Like the optometrist. Like (laughs) what? So not you. Yeah. She went overseas. She went to London, saw some West End shows and I saw Matilda. And in that moment I thought, if those 11 year olds are brave enough to do that and just put themselves out there. Like, why can't I? Like, it was one of those, like, realisation moments where you're just like, I was so moved by young people performing. I must do it. So, yeah, then I literally called my mum at 4am. She thought I was, like, getting murdered or something. And um, I was like, book me an audition for, like, somewhere that does theatre. And she booked... One, like, emailed AIM, and I got off the plane, did an audition, and got in that day, and then started the week after. So, that's kind of oh the story. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then it's, um, I've just been obsessed ever since. That's incredible. Yeah. It's really random. That is random, <laughs> but I kind of love it. Yeah. Like, I love that for you. Because it's, it's, it's cool to see where people get their love from it from, in a lot of ways, and, and how, like... You know, not everyone goes the same path. And I know someone that I study with um, went over to West End and got inspired and was slightly older and was like, now nah, I'm going to do this. And it's such an amazing thing to just like jump in fully. It doesn't matter what age you're at or where you're at, because there's all, characters of all ages. So. Absolutely. Oh, it's like it's such an amazing thing to learn when you just finally uh the penny drops and you go, I can actually do 
whatever I want and can change at any time and and can you know you're never too old to start something new it's just I don't I I find that like ideal so freeing so I'm really quite impressed with myself that I wasn't like at 17 I even felt that pressure to like you know conform to a certain societal expectation of like you know go to uni get a job buy a house you know have kids do all that kind of stuff um yeah I'm pretty proud at 17 I was like no I'm gonna follow my dream I think you know it's kind of brave to do it's very brave (laughs) I think especially in the in the country that we're in it it does take it's not like the west end or more so it's really not like new york where there is literally theater happening 24 7 like there is you can literally go and see five shows a day if you really wanted to like it's everywhere here it's kind of there is there is no in-between place to land it's kind of amateur the the very few pro-am or independent companies and then professional and there is so few opportunity to so to have the moment to go yep no this is what I'm gonna do and it's you know we all know it's not easy it's not like a decision that you just go you know and the people that stick with it are like the most phenomenal people like like yourself um who get to play these amazing real and (laughs) and raw roles that are you know also helping to change and reshape the way that we view um theatre in Australia. It's amazing. And we're so glad that you decided to do it because then we got to meet you. Yes. It's so good. It's literally the best part. Like the people. (laughs) They're so, they're amazing. I love artists. It's like a hot pot of creativity. I just love it. They're very giving. Yeah. Yeah. So generous. So generous. A hundred percent. Well, and obviously this has all led to now where you are currently just finished your first preview, about to head into a week of more previews. Of The Deb, which is a new Australian musical that is currently on um, at ATYP in the new Rebel Theatre. My God, they have a full-on actual theatre now. Anyone that's from Sydney will know that ATYP used to be in, like, a tiny, like, wharf room. Um, And it was very bare bones. Um, But you're now at The Rebel. Um, So tell us, for those who don't know, because obviously it's a new show, a bit about The Deb. Okay, so The Deb is... literally named after like a debutante ball in case people thought it was like the mashed potato like I did when I first read the brief (laughs) um it is about um this town Dunburn that is um like in the middle of Australia um and that is like uh really suffering from drought um, and the environment and the outside factors. And there's a whole bunch of misfits that you meet in the town, but the story focuses on Taylor Simpkins, who I get to play, who is dorky and just a little bit of a social outcast. And she's trying to figure out why and how she can be accepted by her peers and her, the people around her and her, um, cousin that she's never met flies in from the city so you have these two completely opposite opposites um trying to help each other out in different ways and as we go along we follow them in their journey to the big night the deb um and yeah it's just a story of like coming out as yourself 
um, a coming of age story, friendship. Uh, and yeah, it really does focus on the two leading ladies, which is so nice. Um, and then there's like other characters in the town, like Jason, who is the mayor and also like various other things like in regional towns, how the mayor is like also the shopkeeper <laughs> and then also the Ambo. Like, yes. <laughs> so it's very comical. It's hilarious. Like it's honestly pee your pants funny. Um, and he, that's played by Jay Lagaya, Jason. And then you have Australia's one and only Tara Maurice playing, um, Shell, who is the, um, the, she owns the dress shop. So she dresses all the debutantes and she once was a debutante and, um, you follow their journey as well through the show as like a, not B plot, but you know what I mean? Like you follow both journeys, uh, through the whole show and it's just like yeah it's it's juicy it's just so fun because you're really getting to know quite a few characters well yeah so that's a little bit about the deb hopefully i did that justice but yeah (laughs) it sounds like such a juicy fun kind of it tackles some obviously serious themes in in some way of you know young people trying to find themselves in such a awkward age but also it's great that it is funny and it does have those those things side by side to me are always so exciting when you come and watch any work and especially like a new work it's gonna be nothing like anyone's ever seen before so it's you know definitely worth going to especially for lots of young people who might relate to those stories oh totally I feel like this is one of those shows where it's like yes it's a youth theater company but it's particularly important one to be accessible for young people but two to allow people in our age bracket and above to reflect back on why we did certain things and how you might have been and and just to also just laugh about those formative years those horrible teenage years of just like trying to figure out who am I what do I need like I don't understand how to get what I want and to communicate that so yeah I think everyone will kind of see themselves in the array of characters that are there and kind of where um, your places in a community like that. So yeah, I've, I have been really enjoying all of the um, the cast photos next to their prom photo. It's been really amazing seeing them now versus them when they were in in high school at their senior proms. I mean, some of them look like they haven't aged a day. Um. I mean, my personal favorite, I think, would have to be Jake Tyler's. Oh um, yes, that yes. is that photo it's actually his deb so he's like a lot of us like we didn't get to go to deb's we had four you're joking so that is his actual deb and it is like it is such an amazing story like it's so funny when he tells it but yeah that is um a baby not me going back to look at the photo right now because i need to see him again yeah that is a baby jake (laughs) amazing amazing I love that. Uh, And obviously with some new Aussie works, you have, it kind of takes a long time to get the work up on its feet and into this kind of um, 
showcasing. So what did the workshop process entail for you and how much did you get to influence your character? Yeah, that's a really good question because I think a lot of people uh, don't understand maybe the like how long this project was in the works. So I think Hannah actually started writing it when she was 26, so I think like three years ago. Um, And because of COVID, obviously things got postponed. But they had several workshops, which I wasn't involved in, before they went to casting. Um, And then we got cast in our roles, which was also all on Zoom and a huge process because it was in the middle of lockdown. Oh my God, Zoom. Yeah, yeah, Zoom callbacks. Nothing is anxiety inducing more. Like, it is terrifying. (laughs) because you're like it doesn't sound good on the other end and you're like oh no and you're like I definitely froze then you know you have like freezing and then (laughs) and you just see the creative sitting there like yeah totally frozen like so much stuff can go wrong (laughs) and did did go wrong um so we got we got through that whole process and then we spent a week in person workshopping the show so we had read throughs and every day we would come in and the script would change and not a little bit a lot of it like it was a whole by the end of the week a whole rehaul yeah so my character stayed pretty much the same and because taylor is kind of not self-explanatory but she's really like the heart of the show um and so the moving parts around her kind of shifted. Mm. So Charlotte McInnes is playing Maeve. Her character is completely different now. In weight, I probably can't say, <laughs> but come and see the show. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, it's just, it was crazy. And there was like, a, you know, we had dramaturgs, we had producers, we had live track making, we had this whole... Um, group of people coming together to just try and find the best version and then we did a huge showing of uh, Mm. like two industry professionals and they said yeah a few people are going to come in 50 people later there's like a full audience basically we got given the final script for that performance that read through (gasps) but really it's quite important so people you know get excited buzzed um want to come and see the project yeah uh we got the final script on the friday at like 10 30 10 45 at night and the next day we sang it all through at 12 30 like no. like lunchtime <laughs> yeah and we performed i it. mean no way i mean that's literally how it happens no. but when you hear it it's just like yep. my brain can't even right now comprehend I think I would literally just completely, like, power off. Nope, sorry, you're done. it was like I had a whole new reprise and – a reprise, sorry. Oh, that was a slap on the wrist. Um, I, oh, oh no. Gareth Isaac sorry, is listening I'm sorry, and is Gareth. shaming you. I tried. <laughs> um, I did correct myself, so I feel like there's a bonus point in there for me. Um <laughs> So yeah, there was a whole new song. The ending of where Act One finishes changed four times, just structurally, like some big differences. 
which is so hard to like figure out. You don't, you don't really think about it when you get, you know, the script and it's already like written and you're like, yeah, wow, this is great. Um, so yeah, I learned a lot about the creative process and what it actually takes. Um, and then we finished the workshop, but the reason it was so stress inducing is because rebel Wilson, who's producing the show, her company camp sugar productions is producing it in, um, association with a2ip she flew in for saturday to watch the read through i can't believe that and we were like oh we've never done this part (gasps) oh my god (laughs) yeah and i remember i was sitting in my seat in that semicircle and i um sing is the i'm like kind of the first singing of the show and um i stood up and i opened my mouth and all i saw is rebel wilson put her iPhone up and press record and just smiling behind her phone. Bless her. Like, like she's awesome. But she was like a proud soccer mum at that moment. Like she was a proud stage mum, has her phone ready and recorded like her favorite songs. Cause she had quite a big, um, uh, role as kind of like a creative producer helping along Hannah. So she worked closely with the writers. Um, yeah, but she didn't get to work with us necessarily in the workshop, but she came and gave her feedback at the end of the week. So that was insane and so bizarre. How does it, how does it feel knowing that there is just a video of you on Rebel Wilson's phone? Yeah, it's crazy. And then I woke up the next day and she had posted it on her story. For 10 point something million people. Yeah, because that's where I saw it. And I was like, what is Caitlin doing on Rebel Wilson's Instagram? I was like, (laughs) I was exhausted and then like shocked, you know, immediately call Charlotte. Because at that stage we had known each other for a week and we're like best friends automatically. And we were like, um, did you just see... So yeah, it was just, it was such a cool week and Rebel really is the most generous person with her time and her energy to give back to young artists in Australia is so commendable. Um, And she just spent like a solid hour and a half after the workshop, just speaking to the cast. No one else important, just us actors asking us about, you know, what we've done, our process, like how we're finding it. It was just such a pinch me moment it was really really cool yeah it's incredible that she is such a supporter of the arts and I think it's one thing that is is incredible when you make it overseas and you're a create someone so big like her who is so influential in the comedy scene in um in film and television but also actually loves theater to her core and loves that and is and is giving that back to Australians absolutely she's a musical theater fanatic like she loves musicals and um, she was actually telling us the story of how she auditioned for Whopper like multiple times and they were like, you just, sorry, you don't have it. Like <laughs> she was like turned down um, before she had, no. had a career. Can you imagine one day then being the board of Whopper being like, oh, <laughs> Yeah, what did we do. We, do. She's just, we could have claimed that as they do with 
not in a bad way again but as they do with everyone that comes out of there that is successful they claim it totally and then to have her huge um success be literally a movie musical like pitch perfect i think that's just a beautiful full circle moment like it's so it's so funny yeah she she told us a lot of stories so that was really cool that's incredible but i feel like we are at a good point though where in three words tell us why should we come and see the deb this is so hard imagine i just spit out a sentence no (laughs) or it can be like a sentence okay some of them are hyphenated can i use it you can use whatever you want okay okay i would say i would say hilarious heartwarming and friendship those three things that's why you should come see it yeah it it makes you feel lighter leaving i think so you should all come definitely come and see it COVID times, getting everyone down. So it's worth it, worth it. If I could fly down, I would be there. Oh, we'll bring it to you, doll. Yes, Don't worry come about tour. It. <laughs> oh, I would love to. We love that. And like, it would just, it would do so well, I think. Yeah. I really think audiences are going to really relate to it and really love it, which, you know, is kind of rare when you're part of a team to be so confident about the importance of the story. At the moment. Yeah, yeah. So totally love it. Come see the Deb. Well, we're going to move on now to a bit of a game. So this is my favorite part. Um, so Caitlin was telling us before this that she was is absolutely ready for the games <laughs> because she's like, I've, I've done my research. I'm so competitive, but today I've, I'm feeling like friendly competitive. So we're all good. It's all going to be okay. Oh, well, I'm glad because I'm just full out uh, um, competitive, yeah. competitive. <laughs> yeah. um, so I feel like this was a good matching. So I'm going to be the host of this <laughs> and it will be Tori and you absolutely going at it, which I this think. This is absolutely going to end so badly for me. No, I it's guaranteed. It's honestly like, but I'm competitive. I don't necessarily win though. I would like to point that out. Competitive. Sometimes she falls short at the end. She falls short. <laughs> Same. so today we're gonna play the game name that musical what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna give you a a few yeah i know this is the difficult one okay um so i'm gonna give you a sentence or two and it's gonna describe the musical but it's gonna be tricky so you gotta like sift through that mind and figure out what musical this is gonna be it's so annoying this game, I know, like, you're in the car, you're listening to the podcast, you're like, it's obviously this musical. Like, as if you didn't know that. And now, doing it in life, I'm going to be like, uh, <laughs> I know. What? What's a musical? That's going to be me. <laughs> I think I actually might have made a couple of these. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I think I did make a few of these difficult. So we'll see how we go. We'll see. Um, Tori, you're going to go first. Based on a, off a popular indie movie where the last name of the lead character is Hunterson, she leaves her love interest a, uh, a mermaid marshmallow blank. So something is there that I'm not telling you the last word. A mermaid? Whoa. <laughs> a mermaid marshmallow blank. Is this waitress? I... It is. <laughs> it is waitress. I... <laughs> Wait, can you repeat what you said? Because I'm trying to now figure out how I 
came to that conclusion. How you got to that? So based off a popular indie movie, probably the indie movie, where the last name of the lead character is Hunterson. I didn't know that. Um, She leaves her love interest, a mermaid marshmallow pie. (laughs) Oh, a mermaid? I don't remember that being in the musical at all, though. All I remember was like, in the dark, dark chocolate pie. When she's like got her legs. Well, spread. I don't remember that either. But all I—that's what Wikipedia told me. So come for me, guys. But I was trying to be cryptic, so we went with it. Wow, I don't know if I would have got that, and that's kind of <laughs> embarrassing. Okay, okay, here we go. I was like, it's either gonna be like, hey, it's waitress, or it's gonna be like, so it's actually Phantom here. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the options. Okay, Caitlin, you ready? I thought I was, but yes, let's go. <laughs> okay this musical turned movie and fun fact almost animation is an ensemble show all about family and curses family and curses i know not as much information i feel like i know what it is but also at the same time that could not be it it is a very popular musical on streaming platforms Kind of of popular. Okay. Can you repeat the sentence again? (laughs) So, musical turned movie. (laughs) So, it's a musical turned movie. Mm -hmm. um, And it was almost an animation. That was just a fun fact, so don't leave that out. I feel like that's that's throwing me. It's an ensemble show all about... It is throwing you, I know. I I put it in there. Yeah, I know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Is It's an ensemble show... All about family and curses. Can I give you another hint? Yeah, go give us a hint. The hint is Disney picked it is up. Is it? Um, no, you can't say it. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm trying to think of a way to like say it without <laughs> actually saying it. Is it composed? Uh, sorry, is the like writer composer a very big popular music theater? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. I, I have no idea. I have no idea. Oh my god, Caitlin, you so have this. No, really? You so have this. An ensemble oh, wait. show. You're so close. Okay. Ensemble show. Think curses. Oh my god, this is so sad for me. Think trees? Trees. Oh my god, I you talking about into the woods? No. Yes? <laughs> yes! <laughs> that is so embarrassing. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Shame on me. Shame on me. I was like, she's going to get this. Oh, she's going to get that this. Really? I like that the thing that got it was think trees. Literally, that is the trees. only thing. I, I don't know why. I was like, ensemble show? What? I was like, I don't know where my mind was going. I, was, I know. <laughs> I did that show. And that is one of my favorite shows. <laughs> I know. That's why I was like, I swear to God, Caitlin loves this oh show and she's done it. So I'll put it in there. Oh, I need some um, sweating. I need some water. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I actually found today? Really fun. Fun little tidbit. I actually found you doing your Into the Woods bit on, oh, on YouTube? YouTube. Oh, my God. Because I was just, yeah, I was just like looking you up. And then all of a sudden it came up and I was like, let me click. Let me watch. Fantastic. She was the witch. Thank Guys, you. go watch it. Oh, yeah. YouTube. You weren't, were you at AIM at that time? No. No. So you didn't see it. It was a good one. I think I think we did well. It was very good yeah. from what I saw. 
Yeah, it was really, it was such a great show. Okay, oh my God, Into the Woods. Sorry, I digress, I digress. Okay, Tori, (laughs) multiple personalities and multiple love interests. Jekyll and Hyde. Based on a goth, yes. (laughs) What? Multiple personalities. What other musical do you know that has someone that has multiple personalities? <laughs> Excuse me. That, that was fast. I didn't even finish my sentence. That was fast. <laughs> okay. I thought that was the difficult one. I think I might have given Caitlin the difficult one. I oh, have a tendency no. to do that. So <laughs> I feel like that. every time you change it for someone to make it easier for someone else, it does the exact it opposite. It ends up being difficult. Yes, it does. It it actually does. Um. Okay. So, Caitlin. Yes. This show's acts, like the act one and two, are set in different time periods. It's inspired by a real person <laughs> on the Isle of the Grand Jatte. Sunday in the Park with George. Yes! <laughs> yes! Yes! She got there! I love that show! It's so great just seeing the little light bulb like, oh, well, let me tell you. <laughs> well. <laughs> so I actually have a tiebreaker and I'd really just like to do it. Okay, yeah, let's do it. Well, um, we are we are technically tied because technically I got a lot of help, but yes, <laughs> let's do it. Still got that. Okay, um, so this will be a buzz in. So when I say I'm gonna say the I'm gonna say the full sentence. I'm gonna say one, two, three, and then you've got to say your name, and you can buzz this in. Okay. Okay. It's a musical set in the screen world, typically depicted in black and white. Multiple lovers. And I'm going to leave it there and be a bit hard. I got it. Three, two, one. Caitlin. Tori. I think Caitlin <laughs> I feel like had it in I there. I said it like as soon as you said one. Yeah, it's the delay. Okay, it's, then it's you because Tori was a hot second. I think it's nine. Yeah. I feel like Tori definitely had that too. No, I did not have nine. No, I was thinking Sunset Boulevard. Oh, that is a good oh, guess. Oh, that's a that's good, a good one. guess. All I could think of was something set in the film world, and that's all I could think of. Yeah, film world, multiple lovers. I did put quite a few cheeky ones in here of shows you have been you in. You think I would have got it, but that was great. <laughs> I didn't win. Ugh. Hey, Caitlin, I'm just going to put it out there. You have one against Tori, which is a huge... <laughs> I feel like I sh- I feel like I owe part of the victory to Tori though. So because of trees, yeah, because of trees, <laughs> literally. Okay. Well, thank you so much for playing that game. I really love it. I love to chuck a bit of a cheeky Loved game it. in there, and I thought you would enjoy a bit more of a difficult one. Loved it. I need a shower after schwitzing. Schwitzing. Yeah, <laughs> it's, hot. it's hot in here. So moving on back to some questions, I guess. This is a bit of a difficult topic. Mm. Um, Not a difficult topic, but a heavier one than we've been on before. But you did lose um, some work as a result of COVID. How did you navigate that loss and to continue to have that motivation for the career? Because I know that um, obviously when the pandemic hit, um, the other Einstein didn't get to go on and that was such a giant achievement at the time and so exciting for you. So how did you kind of deal with that? Yeah, that was um, that was a really weird time just because it was like 2019 for me career-wise and I think also theatre-wise in Sydney was really looking up, even across Australia. It was like 
you know, we have this like brand new Sydney cabaret festival. There's more um, yeah. venues. The venues are booked out all year round. People are going to see shows. And for me, I felt also like, wow, I'm finally getting somewhere. Cause you know, it is a bit of a slog, especially for people like me who don't really fit in a box <laughs> mm-hmm. or like an ensemble mold. Um, you kind of have to like build up and make your own work and do those kind of things. So to finally have been like, yep, going to do it, make it and then have this awesome opportunity and then lose it. It was kind of like, okay, that's all right. I'll do it the next year. And then the next year came around and then literally the same thing happened. And I was like, okay. Yep. Yep. It was it, honestly, it did. It, um, it took a while to get over, but I think you kind of just yeah. go, look, I'm really lucky. I have a place to live. I have a roof over my head. I've got food. Everyone's happy, healthy. My silly little show, it will go on eventually. And it's already created. So it kind of like is, there's kind of power in it too, to be like, I've made something and one day it will go on, but I'm just going to pick the right time for me instead of having to be forced to follow this trajectory, this, you know, like keep, keep working, keep hustling, keep going up. And I think that's what COVID taught me that, Hustling, if you are a great one, amazing. Like if you can handle all of it and um, it's conducive to your creativity, then go for it. For me, it was like a perfect time to reevaluate how I saw myself, where I saw myself in the industry and made me also think about what I actually wanted to say. Um, And that show got like, multiple rewrites I think I would change it even slightly again if I was to do it again hopefully I will in like towards the end of this year um so yeah it's just like more opportunity to add layers to this work that is existing so you know it was like it was the hardest thing actually was to see everybody lose that and to slowly like see people kind of lose the sparkle that was really hard to watch I think that was yeah harder for me than my own self because I was like um I felt pretty comfy because I was like it was this weird thing of I don't have a career yet um so you're scared whether you're going to have something to go back to and build but I hadn't already established myself so I didn't lose anything I was yeah. just back to being yeah. what I was Um, which was like, I was happy with, cause I think for you to like, keep going in this industry, you have to be happy without all the stuff and without all the things. So yeah, I kind of just went back to like being me and being okay, just doing what I do. And, um, yeah, I think I found like, I became lighter when I realized that, that like, I kind of after this we'll have control over some things again. And I, and I think that's how I booked the Deb to be honest, because I finally like dropped like the heaviness and the wall that you hold up. Cause you're like, I need to be a professional. I need to be all of these things that everyone says I need to be, to be employed when really I just needed to be myself. 
wild concept. And also, I think it's also being very grateful. Like you said, seeing your friends suffer and the people around you lose that spark for theatre and and some and quite a lot decided not to continue theatre after the COVID pandemic. And that is such like and it is a, a thing to be proud of that you still are going and you've gotten through hopefully to the other side, as we all hope um, and still maintain some of that spark. And that's a special thing in itself. Um, to have and find the silver linings because totally life can be a bit shitty (laughs) really can you just gotta find your way through it and try and find the happiness along the way so good advice and it's good to talk about because I think not a lot of people do talk about that where it's like yeah you've lost something quite substantial and that's it's a loss like you do feel that loss that is a bit unprecedented (laughs) yeah you're like yeah it was like grieving in a way but I think watching other people, like, it's like, you know, you lose something and you're like, okay, you have the ability to like move past it. But watching other people lose things that, yeah, that was kind of the hardest part. Um, but it's really cool to see things slowly coming back mm. and slowly kind of feeling reinvigorated and yeah, um, like there is something like forward, moving forward. <laughs> In the world of theatre, you can always feel like you can always feel bad for yourself about yeah. something, but then when you see everybody else is going through the exact same thing as you, and you're like, "Shit, mm. like this is actually bad. Like this is this is not putting a damper on the bushfires in any way, and saying that it wasn't as bad, but you kind of went, okay, and now it's over. Whereas with this, it was kind of like got to a point where it was mm. like, will this ever actually? Yeah, <laughs> just lingering around like a bad it's smell. It's still yeah. going. It's still trying to. It's still trying to get us. It went well. It got us. It got us. It finally got us. Oh no! I do not claim that energy. Yeah. I always have to say that. <laughs> I'm like, I can't. Covid free. No. You thank don't. You. you don't. You just simply, simply. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, but. Speaking of the other Einstein, so you competed in 2019 for the Sydney Cabaret Contest um, with your original cabaret. What was the inspiration behind that show? And what is, like, what was your process? But kind of in general, what even is the process of creating a cabaret? It is such a weird concept. It's so... I always also feel uncomfortable being like, my cabaret. Like, that word is so loaded with like what like what could it possibly be (laughs) um but I adore cabaret so but I feel like it's a little bit more of a Wonder Woman show vibes um which I also love to say um Mm -hmm. but yeah the other Einstein was like this weird um conversation that came up at Christmas so I have like a big Christmas with my family and as I was saying before earlier my auntie used to be an actor now she's a teacher um but she did this uh like got this gig with ABC or SBS I can't remember which one and it was basically looking into the life of um Mileva Maric who is the first wife of Albert Einstein. And she was playing 
this woman but what was special about her is she's slavic so she comes from the same part of the world that my family comes from so she was serbian and my background is like slovenian and macedonian so it's kind of like they're all very close even the languages are very similar and that was like so intriguing to me because i had never heard of anybody from that part of the world doing anything important if i know that sounds weird but I just kind of, you don't hear about it. You know, those us Slavic people, like we're built like tanks and (laughs) we are like workers, you know what I mean? And so I was like, oh, wow, like that's very significant. And then I asked my auntie about her um, because we, like after a few um, bevies on Christmas, we put on the tape that they had, like my grandfather had recorded of her. And we're watching it just laughing because it was a lot of silent acting. Like it was like reenactments. So she was like reenacting like a lot of things like, you know, throwing papers like black and white. Oh, I know those. I used to do those for Channel 7. Yes. And like the black and white. Really, really dramatic. Yes. So. And I was like, wow, she's really giving it. And we're just laughing. And I was like, what? Like, who is she? And she was saying that she um, met Albert Einstein at university. She was one of four women to ever be accepted into that university. Um, And she was labeled as lame, which means she had one leg that was shorter than the other. So she had a limp, which meant that she was not fit to be a wife. So her parents were like, she's smart. We should pay for her to go to school. All the way. Oh. Which didn't happen to women. Like they used to go to school for like till 13 or something. So, um, yeah. And she went to university and all she wanted to be was a teacher. Um, and then she met Albert Einstein and their their love um, grew. And there's this whole crazy story. Like the stuff that has happened to this woman is outstanding um, and horrific. And I was like, that sounds... Like a cabaret. <laughs> Literally, yes. I was like... Someone needs to tell this story. Yeah, I was like, that feels like a perfect opportunity to tell a Slavic woman's story from her perspective about a famous man that we really know nothing about. Um, except that he was smart and like E equals MC squared. That's about it. Um, so yeah, it was just like... It was just this <laughs> weird thing that happened and... Um, the only reason I was thinking about cabaret is because I had seen that there was like this competition and they, they had done it for years prior when the cabaret festival was a big thing in Sydney and they were bringing it back and it was going to be like a big reinvigoration of cabaret Mm. in Sydney. And I was super excited about it because there was no shows that I could even get in the room for. I couldn't get an audition. Um, and I was like, well, I'll have a crack at this, make my own stuff as they always say. So yeah, I did. Um, and then together with Beth Daly, who is my savior and mentor and best person in the world. We love Beth. We were obsessed with this idea. So yeah, Beth is like the director of the project and she's just done um, the great Gatsby immersive theater project. So she's really like in the headspace. Yeah, she's killing it. She's doing a really great job. So yeah, that's how the idea came about. And yeah. Um, I just fell in love with her really and have been in love with her for like, 
a good three years now or however long it's been a while <laughs> yeah hot minute because <laughs> covid thank you but like i will take it because yeah it was just this weird thing and i was like no one else can do this story like and it was just a great opportunity to also talk about things that i've experienced growing up in that sort of family and putting some of my own culture and language and just creating um an opportunity to do that because i don't think i'll ever get to do that in a musical obviously um unless i write that but yeah so Hey, you never know. The other Einstein, the musical, who knows? (laughs) (laughs) It is. uh, When I watched, uh, I didn't get to see it in person, but I remember watching it online because they post the whole cabaret competition, the finalists. And I found it personally so interesting because I was like, nothing like this is being told. But for me, I also love history and that kind of, this is kind of also like I guess at the same time as six, you know, where we have this history totally, meets totally. Um, the theatre aspect. And now you've just gotten to kind of develop it even further and find new, more exciting things about her life. And yeah, so I really hope that we get to see it. Yeah, so do I. I really want to see so the whole thing. <laughs> it will day. happen. It will. Stay tuned. <laughs> You're like, please. Exactly. Stay tuned, everyone. <laughs> This is actually our last question of tonight Um, and an interesting one to kind of see your perspective on because uh, obviously the industry has changed a lot because of COVID. What have you found to be the biggest change in the industry since the pandemic and how has this changed your practices as a performer when auditioning for work or creating work? Do you find there is more of one than the other or how does that change your process of, of uh, being a performer? Oh, big question. I think, obviously, coming out of COVID, um, people started to adopt my favourite attitude of a no-bullshit process, <laughs> which is just like like where it's kind of this time where everyone is screaming, begging for um, interesting things. We want to see different things. We are like tired of the same old, same old canon. We're tired of the same mm-hmm. old traditions. Um, so that's really exciting. Really exciting as a plus size performer slash fat performer. I know some people don't like that word, but um, I would like to reclaim it again. Um, that it's like this wave of diversity. And at the moment, every change for me is the best type of change because it just makes so many pathways for actual diversity to start happening and for us to see people of colour, people with disabilities, people with body diversity, people with neurological diversity, like all of it encapsulated in one. So that's really exciting for me. That's something that I am stoked about can't wait like I think I hope in another couple of years I will be excited to go to the theater because I will see myself every time in some way I really hope so um or see people Mm. I actually know Mm. 
Yes, <laughs> that that too. Yeah, like Jace, uh, Jason, oh my God, no, Josh Robson Productions. Oh, I've probably even said that wrong still. No, yeah, Josh Robson, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that one that I am ashamed that I can't pronounce, um, have just done their casting for Bonnie and Clyde in conjunction with Evolution Casting. And Jesus, like, I can't even put into words how, uh, similarly to you, it's so exciting to see the fantastic Sarah Ma is not only in this show, but she is covering Bonnie. Wild. And, you know, I, I have never seen a um, curvy, thick girl play an ingenue. And it's going to be so great. Um, obviously, Tegan as Bonnie is going to be phenomenal, but it is, it is so exciting and thrilling to be like, Shit, I'm gonna sit, get to possibly see someone on stage that looks like me. Oh, I know, and that's something that I've never seen—at least not in a role like that. Not that's not the Tracy Turnblad. That is just—that is just a character. That is just a role that is not defined by how they look. Yep, it's it's like I I keep saying to people, I keep saying like, watch out, guys! Like my ingenue, the ingenues are coming, and when I say like the girls are coming you know, or the female presenting, they're coming. Like, it is, it's just, it's so crazy because it's just so not real to only have people who look one way play people who are romantic. When, like, I experience those things every day and so does everybody. And, um, it yeah, I agree. I think that it's moving in an incredible direction and I am so excited to see how far we can take it um i hope all the way to be honest i agree good and that it also does and i'm not going to point out who this is and I, i might even ask eliza to cut this out um but it's what also this does is it really points out the companies that are not doing enough totally um uh like certain cast announcements that have come out recently for show for a show that could be so incredibly diverse and yet I'm sure that every single person in that cast is insanely mm-hmm. and phenomenally talented why take an opportunity for a show that could be so diverse and just go the bare minimum of wonderful voices like you could have so much more so it really makes that stand out and it really shows the companies that care about it and the companies that don't. Oh, totally. And I, even the choices of shows that are coming out at the moment, I totally understand from a producing perspective. I know like they're scared. They want things that will sell well. They want things that will make sure that work goes on. But Mm. I'm like, I'm a musical theatre fanatic, right? As you both are. If I'm not interested in seeing the show, we've got a problem here. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, what does this have to say? What relevance yeah. does this have in current day? Like, if you're not adding anything right now in this time, if you don't have something to say that is important slash will benefit us in some way, I'm like, see ya, leave it at the door. Like, I don't need to see that show again. Mm. Um, that's just my personal opinion, especially because nothing no actual meaningful change is really happening. It's just, you know. Yes. Like, if they really took the step to make it really different and diverse, because then that completely changes the story. We had this great conversation with Stephanie Kakamo about 
um, changing the gender yeah. of Curly in Oklahoma and how that completely changed the story. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and that is literally one role. Just one role, one person. And, like, uh, that's what I'm really proud about because, obviously, you know, as a cast member, you also know that you don't get to see everybody. You have complete trust in the people who are representing you that they are going to do the right thing. Um, and we've seen that like so many times in the last year or so. Um, but yeah, I'm like so proud of the, the Deb cast and like how diverse the cast is in so many ways (laughs) that I keep learning about every day. Um, and that is, it's a, it's a, it's a cast of misfits. It's like all the people (laughs) who at the moment, you know, not because they don't have the capacity, but because they've never been given the chance and opportunity to be in a commercial show, basically. Something about them just doesn't fit in that pre-made box. Mm-hmm. 100%. So, yeah, I, that's kind of, for me, what came out of COVID and what came out of just learning, like being made aware of all of these things and finally flicking the switch and going, oh, wow, like... This is exciting. That's kind of what kept me as well going. The Debs casting is exactly, you know, the direction we want to be heading in and we want to be making work that is is showcasing those voices and so much theatre. It's like we want to see young people in the theatre. We want to see people who identify with other people in the theatre because, like, otherwise theatre will die. How, how does theatre keep living and breathing and, you know, obviously people talk about this a lot, that usually theatre is a lot of old people and, you know, but then you have these new shows like The Deb, you have Six, you have the um, things like Bonnie and Clyde and these things and, and young people want to see that because they go, oh, that's that's exciting. I actually will, will spend my money and save for that and spend that money on that because I know that's an experience I'm going to get something something out of so it is exciting to see you in this production uh I was absolutely thrilled when I saw you were cast in this and uh so happy for you especially after such a tumultuous time with COVID so uh best of luck I hope you absolutely smash this and I'm sure you already are thank you so much thank you that means a lot and you guys you can book tickets to see the Deb um, which will be running <laughs> once I pull it up. It will be running between, well, previews between the 8th and the 21st of April. And then the full season will be running from the 22nd of April to the 22nd of May. So you have a full month to see this show. So you really actually don't have an excuse if you don't see it. <laughs> no, I can't say anything that's not that's not mean. Um, but you can head to atyp.com.au to organize your tickets. And obviously, please also make sure that you go and you follow Caitlin. And it's just Caitlin Kopovec on Instagram. Yeah. Literally, because exactly. of your unique last name, you get to just have your own little, you don't have to do anything. Um, totally. There is only one of us. Yes. But before we end for today, we do always end our show with a bedtime story. And I actually have a little bit of a oh, challenge gosh. for you, Caitlin, if you can uh, keep Ooh. it. <laughs> do you reckon you can tell us your story in a minute or under? 
That's a challenge. I have two really good stories, but I will pick one for you. Well, one you already know because you were there. So my bedtime story is when (laughs) the three of us were doing a production called Tales of a Vote was like a little cabaret. First night, I'm ready to go. I've got my new Ladukas on. You can't stop me. We enter from the stairs. Okay, totally fine. Walking down the stairs, walking down the stairs. (laughs) And it's kind of like this string action, like one by one. Anyway, I get to the stair and I completely miss it in this full-on frock, these new Ladukas, okay? Not a scratch on them. And I land like, like you literally hear in the opening number, me fall. And I fall into the lap (laughs) of Tony Kogan extraordinaire actor acting coach someone i really look up to in his lap haven't seen him for two years and i stand up and i keep walking get on stage yeah blood dripping down my leg not long after we have a moment in the show where i do this fake interview and i'm standing there and i completely didn't learn these lines properly and i thought she'll be right and i get up and I'm with my friend Martin, who is also in the scene, and he says a line, and I'm meant to go on this rant. I do not remember a single thing about it. All I remember is screaming, line, line. And I turn to Eliza, and I say, give me a, can I swear, fucking line. And she looks at me like, I don't have a line. <laughs> yeah, I don't you know do your that. line. She audibly says that. And all the audience are laughing. They think it's part of the show. And I turn around and I was like, I'm done. And Martin just continued and went on and was like, thanks, turning back, and whatever he did. It was horrific. <laughs> I remember that now. I have never been so embarrassed in my life. And as I left and people were, I was talking to people in the foyer, they were saying, oh, my God, that scene was so funny. That was so funny. I mean, and someone let it out of the bag that that was me panicking. And um, yeah, everyone in the foyer was having a good laugh about it. That's number one. I it just cannot get over. Because I remember we were both talking about our brand new Leducas that we were both wearing for the first time. Like literally for this. <laughs> the Leducas betrayed you. They were like, this bitch thinks she's top shit. How about you miss this step and see what happens? No. <laughs> Can I just say, I feel like I really let you down because I actually remember you falling and I just walked past you because I didn't realize <laughs> Eliza was like, suz babe, the show goes on. Sorry. <laughs> I'm such a bitch. Oh my God. That's a literally a cool memory. I don't know why. I don't know why that happened. That was amazing. Um, I've had some like really like horrid experiences on stage. The second one is I was doing Sunday in the Park with George and we were in the Depot Theatre, which is a theatre in Marrickville that planes fly over all the time, which you think is the bad part. It's not. It's also incredibly dusty. And as somebody who has really bad hay fever, like allergic to dust. It's not a great place for me to be. Anyway, one day, I think I had accidentally touched something and like maybe put it near my nose. I was having a sneezing attack. But we had to go on for act two for putting it together. And it's like putting it together. Bum, bum, bum. It has like all those beats in it. Anyway, on the bump, 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 we had to freeze. I was with one of my very good friends, Jack Dawson, who is 
very tall and he had bent down in his pose and we were like the really bitchy characters who were like what is that piece of art yuck so as we're going like this with our hands gesturing our faces meet and i swear to god i sneezed all over his face in the freeze on the beat on the beat (laughs) Like putting it together, dun, dun, and I saw snot, like my spit and my phlegm was on his face, and he stood there like this, like frozen, and everybody had known it was me because I was making a big deal about it because I was like, guys, I like can't go on, I can't breathe, like I can't stop sneezing, how am I going to do this scene? And so as soon as they heard that sneeze, you just look around and everybody is in a freeze and you just start seeing the shoulders move (laughs) and everyone's slowly buckling, like under pressure, laughing. Anyway, the next chord, I sneezed twice on the beat. (laughs) I was like holding in more sneezes and I was like, if you're going to do it, you better do it in time. So I did it again and like just sneezed all over his body and everyone was just laughing. The audience is like in hysterics. The only thing anyone came up to me and said was that like, oh my God, did you actually sneeze? That is so funny. It was like the most mortifying thing ever. (laughs) It was horrible, but so funny. Like, I feel like all your, like, that's hilarious. Like, like your, your stage fails, though, in a lot of ways, really make the show. Like, that's all I'm going to say. They really, they you big. go with it and you make everything out of those <laughs> mistakes. And honestly, that's professionalism, guys. Hi, Amy. Um, yeah. I'm just still thinking about <laughs> looking backwards and seeing you, like, on top of Tony Kogan. <laughs> Dance Academy is Tony Kogan. Yeah. Rough. You looked down and I had like blood dripping down my leg. I was like, this is, this is too much. This is too much. You poor thing. That was rough. That was a rough night. Oh, yeah. Hopefully I have no more of those. We're done. Yeah. We're done for today. That's all Fingers crossed. Those were incredible bedtime stories. It has been so lovely to catch up again after such a long time. We were chatting before this. I think it's been like two it's been three years (laughs) three years because of this bloody pandemic no one sees anyone anymore um so it was lovely just to catch up and see how you're going and um we're absolutely thrilled for you with the dev and we cannot wait i think tori will be seeing it i will not be seeing it sadly but um we're gonna tour it yeah that's what we're doing in the universe why not Thank you so much. It's been so nice to talk to you. And thank you for having little old me on the podcast. Big fan, big fan. Like, subscribe, follow, <laughs> leave a review. Only if it's good. Yes, thank yes, you. Thank we you. needed that. <laughs> Just going to snip that now and put it at the end of every episode. You're welcome. You guys, that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back with another episode in two weeks. Um, But until then, stay happy, healthy and safe. And we will see you then. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org because only together we rise. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.